0: What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. You can follow us at Run With The Band, at Run With The Band, anywhere you follow people at. And I'd love for you to listen to our most recent EP called How to Start a Fire. It's on all the streaming platforms, and you can go to check that out at runwithitband.net. That's runwithitband.net. Now, for today's episode, our guest is Drew Six. Heartland country rocker Drew Six is a singer-songwriter based out of Kansas City and Nashville. He's known for his high-energy stage performances and hopeful sing-along anthems. In today's episode, Drew shares how his family helps him stay grounded in the crazy world of the music industry. He also impacts how he built in the skills of networking while being an introvert and how those relationships have ultimately impacted his own life and career. The most notable theme in today's episode is the positive effect of ownership and understanding exactly who you are in life, in business, and in creation. It's a great episode. Enjoy.
1: The Live and Create Podcast.
0: And we I know we have run into each other different random places and green rooms and sharing the stage from time to time and uh, and then also listening to your music like getting to see you perform you you know I'd like to I hope to dive into several things but one thing about what you do is your sound. And your sound is really interesting to me because you have this like Nashville, like great storytelling songwriting with like that perfect hook where you're just waiting for it to come, you know, like each time, Uh, very clean production, even live. But then there's like this rock edge to what you got going on. Like even one of your tunes has like a banjo going, but I was like, that feels like a rock riff. I like that. (laughs) And I'm I'm just curious for you where, what influences have, have built this sound for you along your path?
1: Well, I think a lot of the influences that where I've landed and been authentic were things that I was denying that were part of my youth, which, uh, you know, had a lot of old country in my house and had a lot of Motown in my house. Uh, nice. And the old country was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to go the Rockaway and I was headed to <laughs> L.A. And um, the rock part of it's just kind of always been in, in it for me. And I think it's kind of that soul crossover, uh, that grit, yeah. um, you know so like, kind of uh, angst yeah, in there <laughs> yeah yeah and you hear that in the guitars and the vocals and uh, you really do yeah. it's it's cool i appreciate it yeah and i know i record all my stuff in nashville and every time i'm working with those guys they're like oh i, I like a good rock tune because that's what it is to them because it's kind of crosses more into that that rock area so i always right. kind of describe my sound as more of a heartland rock influenced uh kind of a newer version of if it was bob seeger or mellencamp and those were certainly growing up you know in my life too and right. I think it comes back to finding out what's authentic for you. And it, it took me a long time to be honest, because I love all sorts of music, and and thankfully had a lot of influences growing up. You know,
0: right. Well, and I think that's where some of the best creativity happens. Yeah. like The guest right before you, his name's Kenny Carter, uh, incredible songwriter, bass player. Uh, he's out in Nashville now as well, and that's what we were just talking about. Where he's like, he grew up listening to like. R&B and then also fell in love with Nirvana and then so what yeah. does it look like to then somehow that like distills through us as artists and I think that's where it gets uh just really really fun so how long you were you said LA how long were you out there hustling doing uh
1: well thing? it used to just before Nashville that was kind of the place I went and I, I dabbled in acting and everyone oh, okay. said oh you know you'd be perfect to be like in a soap and then cross over your music because there were a lot of uh, actors that were kind of doing that thing so nice. and I LA, I loved and hated it. It stressed me out a lot. Uh, <laughs> I because, laugh because
0: I have so many friends who have done it, and that's basically what they say. They're like, "I love and hated it." <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm a Midwest guy, you know, in my early 20s, and didn't have a lot of money to spend. And as you know, you pretty much have to valet, or you get your rental car towed for, in mm-hmm. about 30 seconds. And so I would, I would go into Hollywood. And I will say, I, you know, I really, I did a lot of cold calling, and I worked on radio contacts, and I pretty much had meetings at almost every major label um, That's awesome. in LA and, and New York too. But in LA, was kind of where I was kind of put my emphasis. So I'd spend some time, you know, in the middle of it, in the thick of it in Hollywood. And then I had a buddy who was working out there completely out of our business. Um, uh, but he was a computer guy actually in Hermosa. So I'll go there and it was like, I could kind of decompress for the last couple of days at the time I was there because it's a little more beach community a little more laid back you know <laughs> uh, but I, I i used to force myself to rent a car because I was like you're gonna have to move here you're gonna have to figure this out you're gonna have to navigate the city and now that i'm a little wiser i think that you know i mean i don't regret putting myself through that but there, there's different ways to attack things and, and yeah. it was just so that it, it, i would lay awake at night i'm like you're never gonna make it big unless you you get get to la And then, you know, we'll get to it. But then Nashville just kind of naturally happened down the line
0: kind of deal. Right. I have uh, a good friend where he was out in L.A. for about two years. And it was was kind of the same story where he learned some things, made some good connections, but then found his way to Nashville just because for him, it seems like the community of Nashville is where he really fell, what he fell in love with and has helped him in his career. And he's been able to help others, you know, all that is. But but yeah, L.A. is, is not. I love California. I love the West Coast personally but my last tour there I like I remember telling my wife I'm like yeah I gotta go like 12 miles I think it's gonna take like two hours or something and she's like oh my god <laughs> and that was yeah. pre-pand that was pre-pandemic you know and yeah it just it gets crazy so from there so and you know bouncing to LA but you were still home base was Kansas City if correct. I understand yeah I, ne- I never moved okay.
1: there it was just like a you know commuted and tried to tried it out for a while Right. That's You're like, whoo,
0: cool. I'm glad I didn't <laughs> yeah. buy well, a house have, there. So. I,
1: this reminds me of a story that relates is I have a friend um, who's a pretty accomplished actor and been in a lot of, a lot of things. And he ends up in Nashville and actually met him in Nashville. And uh, he, he said he took his son there uh, and he's like, why did you move? He, and he took him to a restaurant and he said, do you hear any kids? Do you hear any children? Uh, and that kind of hit me hard. Cause I'm a family guy and right. uh, you know, it just, it, it Nashville has that community of families that's it's a little bit different and like you said I love the west coast too but now it's for me to visit and <laughs> try not to live there So we'll see. <laughs>
0: that's i have a friend who moved from out there he's a session guy in la and he actually moved here and Mm -hmm. what he said he was like only thing i miss is the beach and i can fly and visit that and it's like the amount of money they spent just to like survive was nuts even though he he was killing it doing a great thing man Yeah. yeah so i think that's what's also really cool about you like following you online and seeing like how you know you're doing you're promoting your music getting it out there showing the shows but uh, I often see, you know, videos, pictures of you and your daughter, I think, is it Josie? Am I saying it right? Yep. Correct. Josephine, Josie for short. Josephine. That's awesome. That's a great name. Uh, my, we have four boys. My, my wife wanted a daughter so bad. <laughs> so even our, when our fourth, when we went in to do the sonogram for our fourth and they said it was a boy, she just started bawling her eyes out. Cause she knew that was kind of our, our last attempt at, uh, yeah. a child. So, so we're hoping they all bring us granddaughters, uh, over time, but, uh, there you go. but so, so for you, it sounds like, you know, reading through some of your bio stuff, it sounds like that was a journey of like longing for a family, but it was a tough journey for you to even get there as far as having a child.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that at least for me personally, as a male, I was completely out of, out of touch with, um, mm-hmm. until it happened to me and i i got to the point you know we had been trying for a long time and i think my wife and i both decided hey we we'd be happy either way we have a good life kind of thing and then and you hear the story a lot where the the couple relaxes and then all of a sudden it just happened naturally and uh but you know we went through some loss and you know pretty hard times and but i and in the end it made us appreciate her that much more you know and not take it for granted and you know being a father it just it makes you realize it's perspective you you can't be selfish anymore it's not it's not about you anymore you know yeah and for me she's definitely one of my big reasons my why you know as i travel forward and but it's given me balance and a lot more gratitude where i am as, as opposed to the longing that we as artists often have thinking no matter where you are i mean you could be a, a huge rock star playing stadiums and there's something else you're you know you're striving for And it's, it's it's important to do that, but to not focus on the emptiness, you know, also appreciate where you are. So you attract more of that positive energy into your life,
0: you know? Well, it's interesting too, because it seems like along the journey, especially chasing this kind of career and this kind of lifestyle, it's like every time you, you hit a milestone in some ways it's, it's kind of cool, but then it it is kind of empty. It's like, it's almost like you're left looking around saying, well, what did it mean? You know and because there's always another milestone ahead and so i i love that point of you talking about like even if you're on the biggest stage you're like there's actually something bigger than that something that that really connects with you well i like
1: what you just said because people who um, may not be in this type of business there's a very like lonely empty feeling that you kind of alluded to when you mm-hmm. accomplish it and that's why it's so important i mean i think it comes with maturity we preach it and you read it but To enjoy the process I mean you have to enjoy the process uh, because sometimes you realize that that process was way more important than when you got to that place and you know you hear about an artist saying there's only so many times I can play this stadium so it doesn't mean the same thing to them (laughs) that it used to you know kind of right (laughs) so and then you know people are on their decline and then as an artist or at least a perceived decline because i see that a lot where people will say whatever happened to so and so and and oftentimes they might be way happier where they are out of the public eye you just you know you never absolutely. know absolutely the reality of the music industry to many people is what they watch on tv which you and i both know is <laughs> not the reality of the music industry you know? yeah that's like
0: the where you know the big joke is it's like you you work you know 18 hours that day for that 30 minutes on stage or whatever especially when you're like touring and yeah. it's like everyone sees the the show, you know, in New York City or the show in whatever. But it's all the all the things along the way that that people don't, you know, like grab a hold of. It's a, there's a we were lucky enough. I, I used to be in a band uh, back in college and we had the developmental the development deal and all that yeah. went to Nashville, you know, and uh, and it went the, the way that all the stereotypes do where we got the record and then a band fell apart, you know, <laughs> that whole yeah. story. But yeah what I was so grateful for is there was a producer that was working with us. His name is Tony Palacios. And he, at first he was, he was like not sure what to do with us. And then he like, somewhere along the way something clicked for him. And then it's like, he just took us under his wing, like all these 20, 21 year old dudes and teaching us. And one story he told, he was in some band. I wish I could remember it where they were playing stadiums overseas and doing all this. And he's like, he's like, dude, I was here in Nashville. They picked me up with a limo fly me to the airport. I go play a arena overseas, come back home in a limo. And then I walk in the door and he's got kids and everything. He's like, my wife hands me a plastic bag and says, the dog poop needs to be picked up. Can you get that for me? <laughs> and, That's he was reality like, I w- and that has stayed in my mind, like all the, along this whole path, because I'm like, he's like, that is real life right there. Yeah. Like, picking up dog shit in my backyard for my kids, you know, so they don't step in it <laughs> the next yeah. morning. He's like all that other stuff was just, you know, it eventually faded away and such a great perspective. And it sounds like you have that grounding all like, it sounds like that grounding was driven into you as you, as you stepped into fatherhood.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's like, no matter what you're doing, you come home, you know, and you come home and that, yeah. that is your reality. And if there's people that love you, I mean, that's what that grounding it, it it helps you stay alive honestly i mean there's a lot of artists that don't make it because they go too far one way and you know mm-hmm. lose perspective completely uh, absolutely but but that that becomes your true reality and the you know the show business is essentially make believe it's awesome it's <laughs> totally awesome but <laughs> right. but i that that letdown i talk about i mean that can happen playing a local club or whatever because it's you're just adrenalized and you get this energy and then your body's coming down just like
0: it would on drugs but it's a natural kind of a natural high you know absolutely there's a uh, a magician that I know. His name's Michael Kent, and just phenomenal uh, magician, really cool dude. He's one of the guests on the podcast, and he said one of his practices is like, especially he's like I I try to do it every show when he's on the road, but especially after big ones, it's like he leaves immediately, whatever the auditorium was or theater, goes out to his car, and he calls his wife, and just sits there for about thirty minutes and just asks about her day. He's like, I don't talk about my show, I don't do. He's like, that's that's been a practice for him. That's helped him stay grounded you know as as he does this crazy ass life that we're all trying to do <laughs> you know yeah uh, are there any tools or practices that you do um or that you have to help you stay grounded to help you not fall into the trap of that let down and then the chase the let down and the chase
1: yeah well i was gonna back to what you said i think that's great advice but i don't know if my wife wants me calling her at 2 a.m a lot after the yeah show. that that's fair it,
0: <laughs> yeah magicians aren't doing the 3 a.m club gigs <laughs> and honestly so it's funny because my wife with the four boys on tour most of the time whenever i've tried to call she's like hey what's up i gotta go do this thing she runs her own business too and so i'm like uh so we just decided to text and send videos that was kind of our thing but that's that's a great point
1: (laughs) yeah yeah to each their own well i I do think that's good advice i don't have something Mm. specific i do but i think it's more about being well-rounded and i know you're like this too i mean everything about having discipline for one self-discipline mm-hmm. it's like the little steps you take uh fitness is really important to me and I always that's a great analogy because you do a little bit each day it's a lot more than doing a ton when you're trying to get ready for something you know like getting in shape real fast and I, I think <laughs> mental health is kind of the same way you know you take steps every day and you you gain perspective I personally like when I'm driving I, I list a Podcast more than I listen to music. And I try to put positivity in my brain and, and people that I, you know, that I would want to associate with, whether I know them personally or not, you know, that are bringing good energy into my life. And that always makes me feel better. I'm a big proponent of rest. I think you should sleep, uh, whatever that is, means to you, you know, um, so you're productive. And, you know, I I have fun. I mean, I'm in the music industry and some people don't drink at all and that's fine. But that that's important too, is to not lean on that too much. Um, yes. cause that isn't reality either. And that can put you in a really dark place. So all these things. And then I, you know, I always joke, but my wife really wasn't that impressed with me and she didn't even know what I did when I met her.
0: <laughs> and then when she
1: found, and when she found out, um, it really wasn't, it, she really wasn't impressed. <laughs> and then she realized that I was more of an entrepreneur first than, you know, and music happened to be my vessel and right. it's it worked out great. But my point in that is I, at least for me, it wouldn't work uh, for a good relationship if someone just adored me for being on stage. And I, you know, we all know that from dating for, you know, a long time. As a musician, you meet a lot of people, but you know,
0: like, oh my God, you sing! Yeah, this is. <laughs> can you sing me a song? That's everyone asked my wife. They're like, "Does he like sing songs to you at home?" She's like, "No." And honestly, like, I'll hear him rehearse the same line over and over again, and I'm like, "Can you like stop and move on to something else?" <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she's incredibly supportive but but yeah that that's an interesting point uh that's what the same that same guy the magician that's he got into magic kind of being the the dude to get girls and it sounds like reading for you like that was you saw all of a sudden girls like the music mm-hmm. and uh but his wife the woman that now he's married to he went, well that that's redundant sorry but uh he was like she wasn't impressed at all with what i did she actually yeah. thought it was a A really silly thing that I was trying to pick her up with a magic trick and he's like then I thought oh she's interesting
1: (laughs) yeah well and that's part of why it works and and I think I think for all of us it has well it has to be something more to stay in this because it's kind of crazy uh it's not the easiest pursuit you have Mm -hmm. to love the music and it's different for different people some people you know are just so into the music consumed into being a musician and that's awesome for me what it became is connecting with people that I would never connect with. And I took that for granted for a long time, but that I get to be around people from all walks of life and Mm -hmm. it makes me a very wealthy soul. I mean, and that's some of the things that, they're, they're priceless, you know, that people would spend millions of dollars to do, we get to do just because music connects people in this very special way that's more intimate than most things. Uh, and people, if you're good at what you do, you connect with people and they feel like they know you right away. And I'm intrinsically not that outgoing. I mean, I had to learn I'm an introvert and I'm kind of shy. I had to learn for the business side and I can go out there and do it. But you know, when I'm traveling and I walk into a venue or a party or whatever, and people don't know who I am, then it's like, well, what do I do now, I'm used to being around where people are like, Hey, (laughs) Hey, you're drew six. And I'm like, yeah. And that helps me a lot. Or I hang out with somebody that is, yeah able to talk to everybody uh but a lot it it can be a learned skill it's just not natural for me I I had to learn to do that for the business side because I have to you are the brand and you're representing yourself in all these different situations
0: uh that's really cool what are what are some of the things that helped you in that journey because I'm I so I I preface that saying I'm an extrovert and so it's that kind of stuff like I just long to jump in but I've been surrounded by a lot of performers who have said the same thing where they're like no I'm an introvert Uh, and I don't know how to like talk to these people. So like in that regard, like if you're coaching somebody who had the same kind of, uh, makeup as you, what would you encourage them to do as far as stepping out into that?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, I I never think it's good to be in denial. I mean, self-awareness is a really important thing too, like what you're good at and what you're not. So, uh, I think you get more stressed out trying to be something you're not. And I, and it helped me to admit to myself that that was tough for me to do. And like when I first went to Nashville, for instance, I would, this is a little bit different, but I would take meetings and I would just play my guitar and sing to them just by myself. And it terrified me, terrified me. Uh, I could be on a big stage, that's fine, but I'd be in a room with somebody in the industry. But so I did do, do a little bit of that shock therapy. I forced myself to do it. Um, nice. I sang the national anthem a couple of times and sold out arenas and I hate doing it because i'm worried i'm gonna mess up the words and if it was one of my songs i would be fine Uh, i probably won't do that again to be honest i did it because (laughs) i wanted to make myself do it but it wasn't like singing for me it was like jumping off a cliff kind of thing and it's all and i and i know because i mean i'm educated i read about all this but and i know i'm getting in my own head and i know it's wrong but that doesn't mean i Mm -hmm. can flip a switch so but back to my original point and what you ask is you have to put yourself in those situations that's part of it is just do it do it do it and my acting coach in la he used to always he's in la now he used to say the the uncomfortable become comfortable by doing the uncomfortable over and over and over again and and acting is good acting is a good example because i i was passionate about it but i never could you know i did some indie work and stuff like that but i could never let go like i do in music uh Mm -hmm. you know where you're in that zone on stage and you don't think about it anymore. You're just in a special right. spiritual place, essentially. Uh, so I, I say to those people, you know, put yourself in the, the position, read books about it, you know, how to win friends and influence people, yeah, uh, a helpful <laughs> one. all those things. And, and you know what, here is the one point of all of that. It's not about you. It's not about mm. you. And, and most people who are anxious, including myself, you're making it about you completely and really people don't care when you mess up or you do something they're worried about themselves they have their own problems that's a great and we as entertainers artists when we're connecting with people it's not about us and too many musicians obviously make it like come to my show we listen to my music blah 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 blah. it's not about you it's about what value can we bring to those people and Mm -hmm. and ultimately that brings value in return Uh, because then you have the real kind of authentic fans that you're you're looking for people that really care about you and your music
0: I love that yeah and that perspective you know of walking into a room and asking like how can I bring value to the people I meet tonight you know I think it does make make everyone I I feel like it would make anyone feel more comfortable of talking to people because now you're not trying to get something you know and Mm. and then I think it just makes you Um, honestly, more productive (laughs) with, with people in, in rooms. I, yeah, that's a a great perspective. I, um, are are you familiar with Tim Ferriss at all? Like four hour work week and all that, where do you remember his fear? What did, what do you call it? Like fear training or something where do small little challenges, like asking the barista for 10% off for your coffee or like random stuff do you like that's what i i my oldest son we were talking through that kind of stuff and i was sharing with him like those are something even though i'm extroverted i've had to take some of those steps so on tour we started walking in as a band asking chipotle uh if the since we're a touring band would you give us um our our meal for free is what we would say and we just stand there and they're always like confused and we just wait we didn't say anything else kind of like yeah. he said and it's hilarious because we ended up getting free meals uh sometimes they're like i can't give it free but i can do like 50 percent off and they would find ways to like do it we're like this is awesome <laughs> but but like those little steps i think helped open us up more and more uh to people and that in that regard you are asking for something but it was a good kind of fear training and like overcoming that
1: well, I think that's good, too, is uh, you never know unless you ask. Mm-hmm. And I have I have issues with that. My wife will tell me, like, I don't want to bother people. You know, it's just like, why they like you, go ask them, you know, kind of thing. And I'm right. like, oh, I don't want to bother them. And, and part of it is I'm self-critical and I, I don't want to be bothered either. <laughs> but one of the, <laughs> at least, like when I was young coming up in the industry, one of the best ways, and it's still this way, and this is good advice to young artists that are starting out is, when you ask for help and it's sincere, usually you're gonna get a lot further than, you know, listen to my music. And and when I was starting and I I had all those meetings, I would say, you know, I'd be talking to an A&R guy and I'd be like, what's the best music conference I should go? Or I would call him, cold call, and their assistant, mm-hmm. who is this? Well, this is Drew Six, you know, calling from Kansas City. I just really wanted to ask him some questions about this conference, cause I'm an artist and I'm, you know, I wanna know if somebody like he or she would, would attend this if they would find artists that, oh hold on a minute you know and and it's just a different perspective and it's the same for us oh, you know so it's like good. somebody calls me and they need help and so you know i was here like why do you tell them all that why do you give them all that information because they're gonna go and i'm like they won't do it i mean if they do apply it and they work really hard i will be happy to be a peer with them and they'll yeah, say, then you're running hey. with somebody
0: you know on the same track
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> but 90 percent of the time it's talk and you know, action is so very important. Action steps. Yeah. You
0: know. Absolutely. Well, and that's a, a great point too of just walking into rooms <clears throat> and as you build those connections, because honestly the relationships and network, I like as I trace trace back any like opportunity we have had, I could probably trace it back to a relationship, period. Like mm-hmm. someone Absolutely. who I met and believed in what I was doing and ushered in, you know, another relationship. <clears throat> But going in and instead of, like you said, instead of like, listen to my music, do that, is, is asking and finding out more about them. There's uh, Josh Williams is a dude who does a lot of licensing. His podcast drops uh, actually tomorrow. And that's what was interesting about him. He said he walked into these conferences and everyone's like, hey, listen to my tracks, listen to my tracks to these big, you know, programming directors and everything. And he's like, it just hit me, I need to be different. So he w- went up to him, he's like, what music catalogs are you using? What kind of, and he's like asking about all these like specifics about what they utilize and where they're at and what they're looking for. And then he didn't pitch a thing. And so he said, I wrote all of it down. I went and researched it. I got my stuff together on those things they wanted to use. And then I reached out to him and said, hey, could you check this out? And he's like, and it developed this really great relationship for them. Um, that's launching his licensing career really, really well. Like, I love that, man. Yeah, you know, one story. thing I know, oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. I just said, that's a great story. I loved hearing that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he's, really cool. Because he's asking, but it's it's about them, you know? And, and he definitely did some work ahead of time, you know, because some people come in so unprepared. And right. sometimes you only get one chance at that first impression, you know?
0: Absolutely, especially with cats like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, sure, yeah. When, you know, thinking about the parenting piece too, because uh, obviously for me, that's been, you know, us navigating me and my wife will be married now coming up on 13 years, you know, living this tour life, living this crazy, weird, you know, entrepreneurial life with four kids, you you have your daughter. Um, there's several directions I've seen people go, right? You get the people who get really wrapped up in the party lifestyle and they just tank their family, right? And they, they run all the way that way. Then there's this other thing that I've seen is whether it's motivated by fear or whether it's good intention, but they end up giving up on their dreams. And sometimes I've seen it where I almost feel like they're using their kids as an excuse to say, I'm not going to pursue this anymore. But in reality, it was more their fear. And so what I've been fascinated by is people like you that I've met along the route that have said, I'm going to find a way to love my family, to be there for them, but also pursue this dream. And I'm curious for you, What motivates you to walk that middle line uh, in between those things? Well, it's easy
1: for me because family is the most important to me. And the reason you do that is you're not any good to your family if you're not being true to yourself, if you're not Mm. pursuing what you love. and, And if you have the right partner, they understand that. And I would never want to be an example to my daughter as someone who didn't let her know that she could do anything she dreams to do. Hmm. and, uh, and also not to give up. Um, I've never given up and anyone who knows me will tell you, I, I probably to a fault (laughs) and, you know, I don't know if it's insanity and sometimes you have to pivot and, um, but you know, the lifestyle is unique and you miss out on a lot of things that holidays and when everyone else is getting together as a family, you're doing a show. Uh, in my case, you know, that's kind of what my wife knew she was getting into from the beginning. And then, you know, your kids are the same in that they've grown up around it a bit. So it's less foreign to them, the whole entertainment business, even though it's different for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, the bottom line is too many people don't pursue what they love and it makes them miserable. It makes them stressed. It makes them not as good of a parent or a friend uh so in a weird way you're almost being more selfish not pursuing your passion people don't see it that yeah. way but that's true right. you owe it to yourself it's sort of like put the oxygen mask on you before you put it on your child uh, otherwise you, you you both go down uh because you, you, you got to be able to take care of them and you got to be an example for them i mean that's that's a big thing and that's a huge responsibility when you become a parent you know someone's looking at you seeing what you're doing and you know right. every time i get mad at A computer and start cussing or whatever it might be. I
0: realize (laughs) I'm not in the loan in the room. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're like, am I teaching them how to throw my MacBook across the room when Logic isn't working properly? Is that what I'm teaching them right now? I was thinking, yep. (laughs) I love I love that perspective too. Of of the put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You know, and it's funny because so for me, I did give up music uh, in my mind uh, for a season, and that was my wife noticed like she's like, you were just angry, like every day. And she could see how like things got darker and darker for me because I was pushing it all away. And it's like, yeah, hours are longer, life is crazier. But it seems like I at least I hope I mean, maybe we need to do a podcast where we talk to all the kids and they can tell you (laughs) for real, but it seems like I being happier, you're able to offer more, even though it's like when when I'm home, it's way better, even though I'm gone more you know and even last night was incredible we got to do original show where it was all ages show and my boys got to come and they're sitting on the Uh. side of the stage you know just watching it and uh so three of our four boys got to go and uh and we had a rapper open up and they love rap music so they're just Uh. like oh my god this is so cool they're of course they're way more impressed with him than dad but Yeah. yeah it's like those things when i saw him like talking to the rapper backstage and everything i'm like this is so cool like if I wouldn't have pursued this, they wouldn't have that opportunity. And now it makes me wonder down the road, where will that lead them? You know, we're like our oldest now he's 18, he's do- doing photography and video for, they all love rap. So for rappers and helping manage a rapper already. And I'm like, that's so cool to see. It just makes me wonder where it'll go. Um, yeah, that, that's such a huge piece. So and it's also cool that where,
1: pursuing that. And also where it would not have gone. I mean, if you were to deny yourself that, and I knew you were gone too. And I barely knew you.
0: <laughs> I hardly,
1: I hardly followed you. And then when you came back with the band again, I'm uh-huh. like, Oh, that's him. Cause you're so good at what you do, you know, getting it out there in the marketing and all that. And then all of a sudden you're in my life completely. And it's weird because right. we wouldn't be connecting either, you know, and, and all the right. people you interact with on this podcast and, that's how networking works. It's like, if I hear one of your podcasts, I'll call, give you a call and say, Hey, you know, can you introduce me to this person? Absolutely. And, and even though it comes more naturally to you as an extrovert, I I would be lying if I didn't say that I definitely get a rush out of it. You know, the networking thing. Cause once it, once it goes, it, it's a power thing in, in a positive way. If you use yeah. it that way, um, it just, like I said, it, it makes you a wealthy soul. It enriches your life. And it's fun when you're with friends or maybe be, a little more outgoing than you, and like, how do you know that person? How do you know that
0: person? <laughs> well, networking. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one, gotcha. it. I think it's one of my favorite things. I was talking to a keyboardist last night, one of the other bands, and and he was sharing same things where he he's like, I want to learn how to do that. You know, he could see that, and and I was like, man, it's just so fun to me when. Because you meet so many people and sometimes it just doesn't click right but then when you have these friends that like now sometimes they're up to a decade long friendships or more chad Burkwin's one of those examples where over a decade ago i met him and like the things we've been able to do together has been amazing that he's invited me into it's it's so cool and then like you said then through him i meet you and <laughs> it just keeps building and building that it's so exciting to me i love that stuff. And for me, I, I, it is a circle
1: of trust, and I, I think that's definitely the music business. That's definitely Nashville. Uh, yeah. You know, it, you don't just—it's not that easy to get in. Um, right. And you can't—you can't get in by saying, "I'm a great guy. I'm honest. I'm—I'm I'm talented." <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You got to put in some time. And and for me, I'm uh, just—I'm just paranoid enough, probably a little bit too much at times. Like I keep my life very private and my circle yeah. pretty tight. And you know, I usually need someone to vouch for someone before I'm too open with them. Um, but you know, that's, that's, that's community. And that's partly, that's how everybody keeps each other safe and sane. Absolutely. But I'm also willing to go out
0: there and try things and, and make some mistakes or learn the hard way with people too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, well, and that's wise too. Of just like, I think the more the band progressed, uh, for us and seeing like, you know, it wasn't like we were massive or anything, but the attention we were starting to get and the, the online interactions where it was like, oh, we're going to have to put up some boundaries and barriers and, and to understand what, to be authentic, but you don't have to divulge your whole life, you know, and how do you protect those things of yeah. that you don't want out there, you know, and protect your family and all that. Yeah. It's such a, so many things to dive into on that, but that's like a whole other podcast series, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. just three more questions for you, my man, uh, cause I know you got to go, but, um, so I'm I'm curious for you, like if you're talking down, like say a new artist, uh, it wants to take you to coffee. You're sitting down, and you're talking to him right now. He's like, "What What are like the two things I should be doing right now?" Like they're they just got their music recorded, they're starting to play some shows. What are the two things you would want to say to them?
1: Well, these aren't like uh, big spiritual truths. These are like more practical things. But the first thing I would say is. Document everything with your phone. Do as much. Somebody was just talking to me about recording, and I'm like, when I'm recording in Nashville, I don't have an intern. I'm a solo artist. You know, I'm using Nashville musicians. I don't have somebody to film everything. But in this day and age, you need content, content, content. So, uh, from a practical standpoint, you know, I'd be doing that and getting it on TikTok, Instagram, everything else. And uh, I have not, you know, I have recognized how important TikTok is. Mm -hmm. But I haven't done a great deal on it. My daughter and wife, however, have a post that has over 50 million views and they did not use any of my music.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, seriously, ladies, please help me out here.
1: (laughs) But it was, you know, you just never know what's going to hit. But uh, And there's always going to be something new. But people want to be, the fans want to be a part of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and what you just said, you choose how much you let in. But mm-hmm. what I have learned, I, I tend to be very polished about my presentation because my brand is extremely important to me and I want everything to match. But oftentimes to match that brand, but oftentimes I'll just do something stupid where I feel like I look terrible and it will get the most likes or views or interaction yes. because they <laughs> wanna know you're a human being just like them. And right. like the entertainment business is just that, it's the entertainment business. Um, the second thing, if I were giving them advice, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm all about longevity. To me, that's that's a big part of success, like because there's so many artists that have done really well and then they're gone. Maybe they want to be. But oftentimes, maybe they're literally gone off the face of the earth because they didn't handle it very well. So I I give a lot of credit to people that have longevity, you know, the Bruce Mm -hmm. Springsteens of the world and that stay true to what they are, but also reinvent themselves. So I think for that longevity, it, it comes down to the way you treat people and the way you treat people in your camp your business your fans and it comes back to bringing value to them i would tell them the same thing it's not about you we have mentioned that earlier but i think that that's the the bigger advice to give them because mm. if you can really get that it switches things over and and you you find that's how you find out who you are as an artist too because when you mm-hmm. sure. A lot of young artists, and we all do, I mean, you have your influences and you become too much this person or that person, but that's how you find your sound. It's okay to do that. But right. when you find out who you are, it's what's bringing value to the people around you. And, and that's when you can start laser focusing whatever your message is, your sound, that kind of thing. And I don't, I, I think it kind of has to happen naturally. I, it's different for everybody. I mean, if you, like, when you had a label deal and you're young and you have somebody come in and say, This is what I see. You know, right. sometimes people outside of you can see things you don't. I mean, absolutely. There were people telling me, you know, you're crossover country when I was a teenager, and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. you need to go over <laughs> You're this. Just gonna fight.
0: You're <laughs> fighting
1: it. <laughs> there's there's a guy that's Keith Urban that's got hair like you, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. And now, I mean, a lot of the rock music has ended up in that realm too, especially mm-hmm. like the classic rock influence stuff, which is kind of more what I do. Um, so, so anyways, I, I, digress on the initial point, but it's like, you know, bringing value to those around you not burning the bridges. And, uh, I think that helps you find your focus,
0: which is really important. When well, I think you bring up a good point of merging longevity with authenticity, um, because I think a lot of artists can get trapped in putting on this facade. And so whenever they reach a point of maybe success, now they it's not really them who has the success, it's this character they built. And so it's like, you don't have the ability at that point to be to have longevity because you can't keep doing that, right? Like at some point, who you are is gonna bleed through. And so it's like, you might as well discover who you are along the path, I think. I'll
1: give you an example of what you just <clears throat> said. So I remember hearing Warren and a, Janie Lane, who's no longer with us in interview saying he just despised doing cherry pie because they became their brand and that was like the big song. <laughs> And then I, heard, I we we uh, played with Rick Springfield a few times, and he would always say, "Well, Jesse Jesse's girl's part of the family. It's part of the family. Different, completely different attitudes. Completely different attitudes." And for me, there's stuff that I've written. That's a great point.
0: That, I like that. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's stuff the that I've written that might make me cringe a little, or but I'm willing to put it in perspective. I mean, it's like that's truly who I was. So mm. I think if you're not that way, you can be very miserable later in life because it's just like. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm not feeling it. And, you know, I'm like you said, putting on a mask coming out here. It's not really who I am. Uh, and right. and part of part of that is balance once again, too, because I think that the artists that have had tragic ends don't have that balance. They're all mm. one thing and they they've lost reality. You know, the Jim Morrison's of the world, amazing artist, but right. did not have a lot of grounding in his life, you know, kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. And then just, at, and so sad. The most recent one for me was Juice World, uh, rapper who like most of his last, most of his songs talked about how he's going to die young. And he, he did, you know, from ODing. And it's a, it's a sad, tragic thing, but man, that's great. So last two questions for you uh, off the podcast, Live and Create. So uh, right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Living a great life. Uh, I think... It's a tough
1: answer. So I didn't I didn't write this down before I talked to you because I kind of wanted to just do it on the spur. But uh for me it's it's the human connection. It really is. Like to live a great life is it's your connection with your family, it's connection with the people. Uh, you know, in, in our case it shows. But I think if I did something different, I would find a way. And it, maybe it's I crave that because I am uh shy by nature, but to live a great life, it's love, it's kindness, and to make a difference. Uh and Definitely as a songwriter, when we get more to the songwriting side, that's that's what you're leaving. You know, that's sort of your legacy, same as your children. And I think that's, you know, deep inside us, a a desire to leave, you know, our mark, so to speak. Um, So I think you do that by human connection. And I'm just I'm I you know, I have a lot of songs about kindness, positivity, dreams. And for some people that might be cheesy, but that's authentic to who I am. I mean, I really believe it. I, I just do. And I mean, I've said it before, there's nothing that would surprise me if you told me you accomplished it. Um, if you said, I figured out how to fly or make myself invisible, I'd, I'd be like, great, you must have visualized stuck to it. <laughs> like, I just, I just, I honestly, <laughs> I'm not faking it. I truly believe anything is possible uh, mm. in spite of all of the challenges. And we don't need to get into all of that right now, but uh, you know, the world's a pretty scary place and right. I choose to focus on love and kindness and uniting people and when they're way too divided and i feel i feel very fortunate to be a part of music because it's one of the few things that does bring people together
0: that's awesome man. that
1: was a pretty long answer
0: no, that's, <laughs> that's great though and, and i think you owning that about yourself is is a powerful thing like you you saying like that's that's who i am and that's how i i see the world like to me that's like i feel like I need that kind of attitude around me. And I think obviously your fans are connecting with that as well, where they're longing to be around that, that perspective. So that's awesome. You get to offer that, you know, to the world, to your fans, uh, for the last question right now, how, how would you define creating great things?
1: Well, it's going to be similar. I, I, I think number one, you just have to create that. That's a good thing in and of itself. We're built as creatures to consume. And then, everything around us, social media, advertising, it makes us consume more. And, you know, we live in a, a great place where we have a lot of luxuries that we take for granted that help us to consume more than we ever should. So creating is putting something out and and I don't care what it is. I mean, to me, just creating a positive situation is creation, you know, when you meet somebody and you're kind to them, because I believe in the whole, you know, it's the butterfly effect, the littlest thing makes the biggest difference in a chain reaction in someone's day. For me, the bigger thing is performing and writing songs that connect with people. I mean, there's not a better feeling in the world than, you know, being, you know, stuck lonely in your basement, writing some song. I don't have a basement anymore, by the way, but like (laughs) all the girls that broke up with you. And then the pain, genuine pain that you realize really wasn't that important in perspective, but like when you're a kid, and then to go out on a stage and have people connect and sing it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, that that's what music does. Uh, it just it just has power. Um, so it's different for everybody. Uh, for me, it's music, but I, I'm a fan. Whatever you do, go out there and create. And even if it's just creating a positive situation, that's something. Uh, and act act so my song dreams do I always say dreams don't just dream dreams do you know Mm -hmm. start it start it today start it today because you'll feel better about it and make an impact but you know everything that is here has been an idea in someone's head everything that is around us someone visualized it until it came into creation so uh, to me that's mankind and one of the most beautiful things about it as humankind I should say as we as we move forward you know creating a song and moving people creating a physical invention, all those things. Mm-hmm. It's just, that, that's what we do. That's what moves us forward as, as humans.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, uh, let everyone know how they can connect with you and connect with your music. Uh,
1: yes. So the easiest way is my name is spelled out D R E W S I X drew 6com All my socials are on there. I would say my strongest social is probably Instagram, but, uh, if you go to the website, you can see all my shows, uh, you can email me. You can uh, click on all the social links right at the top. I have one of those scrolling kind of websites, so it's pretty easy to navigate. So it's Drew6.com.
0: Well, thanks for making the time, man. I appreciate hey, it.
1: Thank you so much for
0: having me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.